Hi, and welcome back to episode number six of Chargers Powder Hour. Today, Colin and Miles go over what's next as far as the offseason schedule. They cover the depth chart as far as the current state of the roster goes, and they address some fan questions. Chargers Powder Hour is a brand new Los Angeles Chargers podcast that combines the latest team news, storylines, guest interviews, and analysis of the games with friendly beer and banter. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PowderHourPodLA for all of the latest news and updates about the show, and don't forget to leave us a review. Bolt up. live how we how we doing let's get it episode number six chargers powder hour coming to you live from lincoln nebraska here we are so well i guess not live because the by the time this hits spotify and apple live for us right now but not live for you guys listening so exactly yeah so what are we drinking today same old same old good old bush light bush light yeah man it's the it's the easy beer. I'm, I'm. You ever get like beard out? I mean, yeah. Where it's, it's like, called a hangover for me, but. Well, I mean, like even when you're like when you're still drinking, but you're like like my stomach just can't like oh, yeah. like take a beer right now. Yeah. Like you're bloated. You're like fuck. I can't can't yeah, drink any more beer for sure. So I either switch to like go something with light. Yeah, Bush Light is basically water. I mean, I do like a good lager, a good ale every now and then, but not an IPA guy. No, not at all. No, we're not we're not sophisticated enough to like IPAs, so Yeah, I, I just I don't know if it's I don't know. I just had some bad experiences with, with IPAs, especially in my uh my college days. Fair enough. You know, when you don't have a ton of like beer uh like knowledge or just you're like, Oh, you know, beer's beer. It's all the same. Yeah, but no, IPAs I can't even tell you that I've tried one, but people just say that they taste like cat piss. So, oh, it's yeah. Well, the, well, like college kids, I think that they taste. We're not sophisticated enough to enjoy an IPA, so. Yeah, and if you like IPAs, I mean, more power to you because I just I'm I can't do. It's the for me, it's the aftertaste. Yeah, I'll I'll have to give it a try, but. And it's like, if if you have more than like two or three, then the next day you're just, I mean, like you, it's like a, a taste in your mouth that you can't like get rid of. I feel like. Yeah. So for sure, yeah, I'm not a huge IPA guy, but yeah, no, just a nice, easy, uh, bush light. And what the hell are you drinking? <laughs> because I got myself, I got my hands on the hard Mountain Dews, actually. Yeah, so it's so, it's Mountain, it's like Mountain Dew, and it tastes like legitimate Mountain Dew, five percent alk in it though. And it's in and a Mountain Dew can. It's scrumptious. They got <laughs> they come in they come with four flavors. You got your Baja Blast, you got watermelon and black cherry, and then I'm just drinking the regular one today. Dude, but that could be like they're dangerous. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking like the way they marketed those, they look like it looks like a Mountain Dew. Yeah, it does. Like, you, you couldn't tell the difference until you read that it says hard Mountain Dew on the side. But if you didn't see yeah. the hard, 
Imagine like a kid getting their hand on that, like at Halloween or something. You know, that would be kind of fun, but also kind of nuts. Yeah, but yeah, they're not even available in Nebraska. Actually, one of my buddies got them for me in Iowa. So screw Iowa, but thanks for the Mountain Dews, I guess. Unless yeah. you're unless you're listening from Iowa, then maybe it's not so bad. But yeah, so if you guys don't already know, uh, we're you know by. I don't know. I guess by nature, Husker fans were born and raised in in Nebraska. So, Nebraska and, and Iowa do have a little bit of a we got a little beef, a little bit of a nice rivalry going. I would say our corn's better. So yeah, Nebraska corn is better. That's a fact, confirmed. All right, so let's let's get into the episode now. You know what we're drinking. Um, I got a little bit of an icebreaker for you. Yeah, lay it on me. So I was going through Twitter earlier today, and someone I think I think you already had liked the tweet, but someone was talking about jersey prices, how ridiculous they're getting on fanatics. I think Nike jerseys are up to one twenty, one forty, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, that that just got me kind of thinking. Uh, two questions: What is the most obscure Chargers jersey that you own? And if you were to get another jersey, I don't know if he's still like buy jerseys or not but i know some people grow out of that phase I'm, I'm still in it i love getting jerseys but if you had to get another player's jersey who you don't already have who would you get yeah that's a really good question i am a jersey guy i just don't have a lot i have the two well i actually don't even i haven't even gotten a new jersey since the uh the new uniforms came out really so I, I still you i have to get on that yeah i have the white right now the one that i currently rock is the uh the white philip rivers the you know, 20, 2009 era to like 20, you know, 19. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have that one. And then I also have <clears throat> my first ever Jersey, which I don't know. I mean, it's long gone at this point. It was a Drew, Drew Brees, you know, old home, like the, the early two thousands era Jersey, but I have no idea where that one's at. And then I have a Bosa 99 Jersey. Okay. So the OG Joey Bosa jersey. Gotcha. And I have a Walmart like great value brand Sean Merriman jersey. Oh, was that your winner there then for most obscure? Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean that would have to be for sure. Yeah. I, like I just that I don't I don't have a ton. Um but the one I, I would want to get who I'm looking at getting is uh is Derwin James. Yeah, the number 3. Yeah, the new number three. Um, I'm so one of the main reasons I haven't really pulled the trigger on a jersey in the last two two and a half years is because I really 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 want the uh, the Nike Elite jerseys. You know the ones okay. that like, they have like the elastic. Yeah, the, uh, they're that'll cost you a penny. So yeah, so I think they're like three fifty right now on NFL Shop, and that's. This well, the Justin Herbert one's like three twenty, I want to say. But if you wanted to get like customize any player, it's like an extra twenty, thirty bucks. So that's the main reason why I haven't. It. It's yeah. just because you know that's a lot of money to pour into a jersey. But I'm going to at some point. I know I will. Um, just also kind of hoping they come out with a few more options for the elite jerseys because sure. right now the Chargers, I think they just have the powder blue. And I know a few other teams they have like the home and away. What color would you get then? I would love to get a white one. I've always okay. been I white jerseys to me are just they've always been like they're so clean. So clean. White's just such a clean football color. Iced out. I mean, some some of the sickest jerseys in college football and it just football in general are to me were like road whites. Yeah, whites are. 
Even when, you really like, can't go wrong with a crisp white. Yeah, no, like all I mean, all white. I love the the white hot Sunday, you know, unis that they rock with towards the beginning of the year with the white pants, the white tops, and I also love the white the white top yellow bottom look. Yeah, I agree. Those yellow bottoms, ooh, those things are crispy. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'd probably go white. Uh, Derwin James. Gotcha. I like that answer. So for me, I was big jersey kid. I still am. I love obscure jerseys, just kind of having them. Especially as a college kid, I actually have like opportunities to wear them. You know, from going to a party or something, I can just throw on a jersey. I can be that that frat douche that just wears a jersey everywhere. But uh, <laughs> um, as a kid, I had man, I got like two Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates, Ladanian. I had a, my own customized one, a Vincent Jackson. Now in my closet, I've got a Bosa, Derwin, two Justin Herberts, Keenan. But if I had, or no, sorry, my most obscure one is definitely the uh, the old uh, AFC anniversary jerseys. You know which ones I'm talking about? They got, the Chargers used to wear them with the white helmets that had the, the black numbers on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got one of those with Darren Sproles. So that's probably, oh, that's my most, unfortunately, it's like youth medium. So I can't actually wear it anymore, which yeah. would be sick. But frame it, throw it up on the wall. Or something. I might, I might have to. Maybe I'll try to get it like an autograph or something. Yeah, there you go. I also have a Danny Woodhead jersey autographed by Anthony Lynn. I had one, but my buddy, who isn't even a Chargers fan, borrowed it for like as you just mentioned, like a jersey party or something. Yeah, and just I, I don't know. I need. He still has it, but yeah. we love Danny Woodhead here, though he's a Nebraska boy. So. Yeah, represent. Shout out Danny Woodhead, born and raised in the three hundred eight. I also got a Melvin Gordon autograph by Melvin Gordon. So, but my Danny Woodhead autograph by Anthony Lynn. That one's pretty obscure. Um, but I would have to say a jersey that I would want to get would be. I was gonna go with Darwin, but now I want to mix it up because you kind of took Darwin. <laughs> so probably after this year, I would look at investing in a Khalil Mack jersey. I just think Khalil Mack's a dude's a beast. Like, yeah, I mean, definitely would be a sick jersey. The two things I look at when when buying a jersey is one like how sick is the player like are they just a badass or you know star in the team whatever that's that's a big factor because you, you don't you don't just want anyone's jersey i mean yeah. talking about obscure jerseys you yeah i mean yeah i mean you could you could get a breakout player's jersey one year and then four years later you're like oh yeah i forgot about that guy <laughs> yeah exactly like imagine getting a uh imagine getting what was our cornerback um a couple years ago like 2017 he was at a penn state he was like an undrafted guy brandon flowers no gosh um i can't th- i'm blanking. trevor williams yes trevor williams from penn state i didn't know he went to penn state but imagine yeah. getting like a trevor williams jersey because he his 2017 season he balled out balled out and then i think he had a he had a se- he had a season ending injury the next year didn't he yeah and then, and then I, he just wasn't the same and then i think he had I think he kind of was kind of cut from the same cloth as uh, Desmond King a little bit. Yeah. And the fact that I don't think, you know, once him and coaches kind of started to headbutt a little bit, it was yeah. just, you know, it was never going to – he was never meant to last long, I should say. But, yeah, so I, I look at, like, you know, the the impact the player has, but also how long are they going to be around, you know? Are they going to – because one of the, the sure locks about getting a, a Phillip Rivers jersey was, like, this guy is the face of the franchise. He's going to be around forever, e- even long after he's gone. That's still going to be a very popular jersey to have, and you just can't go wrong with it. So that's why I went with with Phil. Um, but yeah, I would I would have to say Derwin. I would say another 
You got to uh, get a Herbert at some point. Yeah, I, I I do have to get a Herbert at some point. That's you just, just have given. to. That's a given. I wouldn't mind getting a Herbert and like getting like, you know, like we just talked about getting it signed. Yeah, for some that'd memorabilia be cool. or you know like that would be cool. throw it up in the man cave type deal. That would be sick. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I know I've talked in the past episodes about how I met these players at the Kansas City Hotel. Herbert's a dude that I I have to meet before I die, but he's just so. He just stays so out of the limelight. I think he's going to be a tough one. Have you guys ever... You've never been to like a fan fest, have you? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to... I mean, I've way, way back in the day, my dad took me to a few San Diego Chargers training camps when I was like... This was before I even really like got into football. I mean, I was like knee high. And so I vaguely remember that. But yeah, I just... I've, I've never like... I guess I've never been to one and actually got to like remember it, enjoy it. Yeah. So that I mean, it's definitely something that I would be interested in going to. I don't know. I think they usually do it towards like the end of the summer or like the end of yeah. camp. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. No, the only time that I've ever actually been to a Chargers home event was the Chargers Chiefs game in Qualcomm to go to the playoffs the year that we beat the Bengals in the first round. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. And actually, fun fact. So, um. OJ, OJ's, what was the girl, what was his wife's name? Nicole Brown Simpson, right? Yeah. We sat next to her sister at that game. Really? Yeah, like the chick right behind us was Nicole Brown Simpson's sister. How does that come about? Like, cause I, you don't, know, you're, you're, I don't know. You're not just sitting there and someone's like, oh, hey, you know um, OJ Simpson? It's, they, they didn't walk in with a name tag that said I'm Nicole Brown's sister or anything i don't really know how that got brought up but yeah that's we're really very we're very conversational people when we're at games you know so i guess it's it got brought up somehow but what a crazy small world that's yeah that's that's kind of eerie yeah it was kind of cool but hell of a game by the way that was a fun one in so overtime you've only been to one home chargers game and that was in qualcomm yes oh okay yeah so i in the queue yep i've been i was fortunate enough to go to a few games at the queue i also was able to make it out to one game during the StubHub era. Oh, okay. So that if anyone, I mean, if you guys weren't ever able to catch a game at StubHub, it, it it's, man, I feel sorry for you because it was a really cool. Was like, it actually? Yeah, it was a really cool atmosphere. I mean, I know like watching, watching on TV, it always kind of looked lame because, you know, it doesn't look very, I mean, there really isn't a lot of seats on top of, a lot of the seats being filled with opposing fans. <laughs> so yeah. the game I went to was a Niners game in 2018, I believe. Okay. And Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know what game you're talking about. Yeah. It, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo like, tore his ACL the week prior in Kansas City. Yeah, Beathard was their starter that game. Yep, CJ Beathard started. Iowa guy. Yep. And Isaac Rochelle got a tip pick interception. Uh, we started the game slow, and then we eventually – you know, took care of business, got the win. Yeah, that was a, that 2018 season was fun. Shit talked a lot of Niners fans. And I'm the, sure I, that they I were got packed. a fight. Oh, Lord. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So I need, to, I need to get out to SoFi. I think once I graduate college, that's that's our plan is to make it out to SoFi. So. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I Like I said, I was able to go to the Patriots game earlier this year and just like everyone else, I mean, I was just blown away. Um Especially if you're a Chargers fan, because after years of attending games at Qualcomm, I mean, you just didn't, you didn't like place the Chargers and like nice facilities. Like those, yeah. those were never like uttered in the same sentence. So yeah, that was really just refreshing to like look around and be like, hey, this is like 
I mean, I know we share it with the Rams, but like this is, you know, our stadium too. And it's fucking nice, dude. It's yeah. yeah I, I'm really excited for, for you to go out there. Cause it's, well, I mean, it, it's, I would compare it to AT&T stadium in Dallas. Yeah. Well, and we were just at Allegiant in Vegas. That place is oh, insane. Yeah. Which, oh yeah. If you, I mean, holy shit, that place is insane. Yeah, I mean, so at that point, it's just, you know, the difference in, like, you know, style and, and like, the stadium setup. But, yeah, I'm sure that was just as nice as well. It'll be a nice refreshing break to go to a game actually surrounded by Chargers fans instead of, I don't know, Kansas City fans or Raiders fans or Broncos fans or yeah, uh, whatever away games we make it to. But Yeah, to- totally agree. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, so got a little off track there. I actually – Sorry, I'm going to go back to the jersey thing. One dude I want to ball out this year so I can get his jersey is Nasir Adderley. I think that'd be a really cool, obscure jersey to own for some reason. Okay, so now we're going coolest, obscure jersey on the team? Well, I think that that would be a cool one to own. I, well, Mac would still be my number one. My number okay, well, one. how about that? Like, what would your cool, like, what would your, I mean, you probably just answered it with Adderley, but... I would say like the funnest obscure jersey on this current roster would be I'd say it would have to be like an offensive lineman's jersey. Like that you don't really get a Rashawn Slater jersey. No, I would say like a like a Corey Lindsley. Yeah, that'd be cool. What about how are we feeling about like a Drew Tranquil jersey? Yeah, I could see that. That'd be kind of cool. like that that's in that same category of yeah. Yeah, th- those will be uh those will be fun jerseys in, in five years, you know, or, or three or four years to to see like how that uh, how they play out how so. that plays out. Yeah. All right, but yeah, just just a nice little icebreaker to start it out. So no, I I, I like that. Man. Now that now, now I want to spend some money on the new jersey now. Oh, sorry, this I just just came to mind. I really wanted to buy spend money on a Justin Herbert Pro Bowl jersey. Those were super clean. Yeah, the the Pro Bowl jerseys were were pretty fire. I just. Yeah, I like. When do you? For me, it's like because I only wear jerseys like when I go to games. I wear or, them, or like if it's game day and I'm going out to like a sports bar. I wear them every Sunday in the in the fall. But do you? Other than that, I mean, I try to wear them just like whenever I can get an opportunity. But like, I got some baseball jerseys and some basketball jerseys too. So yeah, I try to sure. mix it up a little bit. So yeah, because I, I like. I'll alternate like some some game days I'll wear like a just a shirt or a you know a sweatshirt or something and then other game days I'll I'll uh you know throw on the old old Philly, Philly Riv jersey. I'll typically throw on a jersey on game days just because I just I love wearing them so why the hell not? So yeah. So okay yeah that was a really good icebreaker I like that a lot. All right awesome so what what do we got on tap today? Yeah so uh, off season schedule so more stuff is. Uh, more news is coming out about the the off season schedule. Uh, we finally have dates. It looks like for uh, rookie minicamp. So it looks like rookie minicamp. They they typically break it up into two different. Uh, I don't want to say phases, but like sessions. Sessions, yeah. So May sixth through the ninth. It. I mean, there's only two different sessions, so I'm just assuming like half the teams are going to go in one session, and then the other half will go in the, in the other. So May sixth. Through the ninth, those are the first sessions. That's the first session for rookie minicamp, and then the thirteenth through the sixteenth, May thirteenth to sixteenth. That's the second session for rookie minicamp. So I don't know where the Chargers fall in those dates, but it'll be one of the two. 
Yeah, it'll get released here within the next few weeks. So it might already be. I just, I mean, I, I kind of scrambled and got that like ten minutes before we recorded. So you guys might know more than we do. So we're not, we're not experts. But. <laughs> just threw that together. Um, yeah. So May sixth, the ninth, thirteenth through the sixteenth, and then it looks like OTAs. They still don't have an exact date. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of this is going to be finalized when the schedule comes out on May twelfth, but. Last season, they did say that they started uh, on the – so half the team started on the 24th. The other team started on the 25th. So this year, potentially, you know, if we're looking at the same weekend, it would fall a couple of days earlier. So it would look like the 23rd and the 24th if it's on the same weekend yeah, as last year. It's usually – I think we mentioned before, I think it's that, like, last Thursday of July, something along there. So – yeah, one of those dates, probably a good guess, but we'll know more when that schedule comes out. And rookie minicamp, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming I've I've never really paid too much attention to it or, or really cared too much for it. I just know it's, you know, primarily like a walkthrough for it's like it's like when you get to high school. Well, you went to a smaller high school, so you probably don't know this, but like I've seen movies. Okay, yeah. Well, I've seen like Degrassi, so Well, our, our high school, like the first, like it's like two thousand kids, right? Yeah. The high school I went to, so yeah. like the first day is just for the freshmen. No, yeah, we, I've experienced that before. Yeah, it's so, like well, college you move usually the freshmen move in before before the true. upper yeah. the upperclassmen. You go and you do your stupid little icebreakers and all that shit. Exactly, then, orientation. Yeah, the uh, good stuff. Yeah, they're probably gonna do like don't they usually do the the rookie like. Uh, What's like the the talk that they do to like? Oh, the uh, consent talk. The yeah, whole consent the lecture thing. or whatever. Uh, I know Dion. I don't. Used to I don't think it. that they do that with NFL rookies though. But I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. So. They do some sort of like yeah, like Dion Sanders when he worked for NFL Network. I think he used to like run it. Oh, or whatever. Lord. But that's the one guy that I would want to learn what consent means <laughs> from. Is... No, like it's not. It doesn't have just to do with consent. It's like all. It's like a life. It's like a life talk. Oh, it, it's okay. like a hey, you're 22 years old and we're, and you just got handed five million dollars don't don't be an idiot don't be a henry ruggs yeah that's what i was just about to say so like that's basically what that uh i don't know i guess talk slash even though dion's the guy that after he got drafted said that he's gonna ask for so much money they're gonna have to put him on layaway so yeah no i just his energy and the way he i mean he's just like the perfect guy to like deliver those speeches for sure um so yeah like rookie minicamp it's just basically like your your freshman orientation and then the real you know, the real uh, action starts, you know, when OTAs kick off late third week of May. Yeah. Late so. May. So it's coming up. Yeah. We're to that point now in the NFL offseason where it's like things are actually like, like shit's happening now. I know. Thank God. I can't, I cannot wait for September. Yeah. I cannot wait for September. Like the last three weeks. So, well, probably like excluding the draft that was just happening a few days ago but really for the last like month and a half september 15th cannot come fast enough yeah that game in kansas city cannot it's just been come here it's been no enough. man's land it's been a lot of you know speculation leading up to the draft a lot of speculation even after the draft and just it's going to be full of speculation up until the start of the season that's how it always is but yeah i'm just excited that you know now we're finally like going to get back to you know we'll see you know, tweets and, and social media content of players actually being on the field at practice. That still scares me a little bit, though. You know? Yeah, you know, we're, we're entering that, that level of the year where I think we talked about it on the last episode where it's it's hard, especially as a Chargers fan, but even just as a football 
fan in general, there's you know this is like we're entering that part of the season where you just I at least start to hold my breath. Yeah, you pray <laughs> to God that you don't open your Twitter to see somebody went down with a non-contact. Or... Right. This is yeah. You know, it happens. Seems like it happens every year. Unfortunately, uh, league wide, it's you know I I think the the number of non-contacts has incre- increased. Over well, the last couple I years, that the Ravens in general last year had like five of them. So, well, and yeah, that was also a common theme for the Chargers. You know, a couple years in a row there, where you know it was like Forrest Lamp, Hunter Henry, Jason Verrett, Jason Verrett, uh, Derwin went down with that. Derwin, Joey Bosa started. Uh, what was it? 2019 yeah, or twenty nineteen? Had that foot going on or something. Yep. Um. So, yeah, and I. That's I think. You know, when we've talked about depth in the last couple episodes, especially leading up to the draft and, and after the draft, and we, you know, discussed that, and we'll discuss the depth chart here in a second, too. That's, you know, a large part of that, you know, for me, a large part of the reason why I'm still worried about depth is because of injuries. And, you know, yeah. those, even if it's not a season ender, but if we have to go three, four weeks without a, a Joey Bosa or a Khalil Mack, like that drastically changes how our defense is going to operate for that month. Yeah, for sure. And I'm happy that you just brought up the draft because that brings me to my next point. Uh, A couple things. Uh, Thank you for everyone that listened to our draft recap episode. Uh, Just a couple things that we didn't really get the time uh, to cover were some other teams' picks. So um, outside of us, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but Kansas City and Baltimore both had great drafts. They did. So Kansas City addressed some – some members on that defense, they got Karloftis and Andrew, I think it's Andrew Booth, the corner, is it not Andrew? No, they got Karloftis. No, it was Booth. No, they got McDuffie. Oh, shit. It was McDuffie. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. But, yeah, McDuffie and Karloftis in that first round, so that should be some key pieces to their defense. Uh, Sky Moore in the second, and then Leo Chennault, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, was a guy I was pretty high on going into the draft who fell right to them, I believe, in the fourth round. So I think Kansas City had a great draft. I hate to admit it, but I think that they did. And then Baltimore is another team that had a great draft. And, man, I I hate Baltimore. I don't know. Something about playing Baltimore scares the shit out of me. They're just that, like, real, they're just a really solid organization. Like, it goes deeper than just being a good football team because year after year they draft well, they develop well. They have a good coat, you know. They have a good staff, and they, it just seems like they get they consistently get the most out of their roster, out of their staff, and yeah, they're they're a tough out every year. Like you, anytime you see them on the schedule, you know you kind of, you know, you're like, uh, that's that's a tough one. You know, you probably chalk it up as an L just based on, you know, them being the the quality of team that they are year in and year out. Yeah, I, I get PTSD from the uh, Ray Rice fourth and twenty nine. Hey, diddle diddle, Ray Rice up the middle, old play. Dude, there's been the Ravens have actually been that they've been. We've had some big wins over them, and they've had some big wins over us. We've kind of gone blow for blow with them. I mean, it really hasn't been too one sided. Yeah, like, you know, I remember that 2018 season. They they kind of killed us in the, in the first game we played with them. Then we met up with them in the postseason. We we got it done. Shout yeah. out to Chen and Nemosu for that. So, yeah, that the refs. The refs beat us in that game. The Ravens did not beat us. If you're talking like the Saturday night game, yeah, that Saturday night. I yeah. don't even remember much about it. I just remember that we just that yeah. I we did not play well though. One wanting to throw my recliner through the TV because it was like 
Yeah, it was bad. But back to Baltimore, yeah, they had Kyle Hamilton fell to him, which I know that Kyle Hamilton's a dude that you love. Uh, Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, great pick for them. David Ojabo was a dude I was super high on, unfortunately, towards Achilles, but they were able to land him in the second round. Travis Jones, defensive tackle from UConn, was a dude that was projected to the Chargers um, a little bit, I saw. Um, the Falele dude, offensive tackle Daniel. out of – Yeah, Daniel Falele. I think it's pronounced Falele, but he's, like, massive. He's, like, 6'8", like, three, yeah, forty or something like that. I don't know. He's a massive dude, great OT. And then Isaiah Likely, the tight end out of Coastal Carolina, good death behind Mark Andrews there. So, yeah, Baltimore kind of killed it in their draft. I feel like they usually do. Two other notable teams out of the AFC, Buffalo. I thought Buffalo had a great draft. They got Kair Elam. I still don't know if it's Kair, Kair, whatever. Uh, James Cook, running back out of Georgia. Khalil Shakir, the receiver from Boise State. And I still don't know how to say it, but the punt god. They landed the punt god. Ariza? Ariza, yeah. So that's somebody that... A lot of Chargers fans wanted to go, wanted to get, but didn't I, happen. Like I, I understand like why that is appealing and why someone and like obviously him being a San Diego State product like that never helped, you know like that yeah. that just fueled the fire even more with with people wanting him. Uh, I just with the whole fourth and Staley era that we seems like we've entered now, I just never really understood why people thought like we had a legit chance to ever like taking him yeah i know but i think it would have been one of those things where if you would have fell to us at a certain pick and there was other guys off the board maybe we would have looked at him but it just yeah. didn't happen that and he went pretty high he went like top of the fifth round i believe for, right for a punter that's and that was the other thing on him too is like when when do you take him like exactly. what, what, what's he going to be worth because we've we've obviously seen teams reach for special team special teamers in the past and just totally mm-hmm. fucking blow it so it's a risk taking the punter. I mean, I know he's like the punting anomaly, but the punt god. I think uh, I think he'll be a good NFL punter. I think he'll be like, and I think he's going to be around for. Uh, he'll be around forever. Yeah. Like, yeah, that league is 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 incredible. So, yeah, Buffalo had a good draft. Um, um, last one I had written down. Obviously, not been a contender in the past few years, but I thought that they did an outstanding job with their draft. Is the Jets? Jets are on the come up. They are on the come up. Yeah, they did have a nice – I didn't really pay attention to after their first round, but they had a nice first round. For yeah, sure. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, uh, Jermaine Johnson, who – did you know that – you watched Last Chance U? No, I never got into Last okay. Chance U. Never mind. But Jermaine Johnson was on Last Chance U for any of you that didn't know that at Indy. What episode? Or what season? Uh, would have been season two or three when they were in Independence, Kansas. But I didn't realize that he was on the show. But then they also got – Brees Hall and the running back out of Iowa State, and Jeremy Ruckert, tight end from Ohio State. So they got some great value with their picks. Yeah, that's a good haul. Great haul. So Jets are on the come up. Do not sleep on the Jets. It might be, it still might be a few years away, but they got some nice young pieces for sure. And they're going to have, uh, why am I even blanking on, who the hell is the Jets quarterback? Why am I having a Zach Wilson. Oh, it's still, yeah, it's still yeah, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Well, and, uh, oh, fuck, who was the, Mike White. Yes, Mike White. Mike okay. White, the goat. Yeah, I'm not. Are you sold on Zach Wilson? I'm just. I've. I wasn't sold on him in the draft process. I know he had a rough r- rookie season, but do you think he'll, he'll like? He showed a lot of. He showed flashes in his rookie year. Overall, it wasn't the best, but he had a few games where he, damn, he balled out. Yeah, it just. 
I don't know. I, I never would have taken him as high as number two. So yeah, that's a guy that I like. As soon as he got drafted, I'm like, um, like he's gonna be a guy that I'll keep an eye on because he, he's either gonna like kill it, you know, and and surprise a lot of people, or he's gonna be that dude that's you know not shit and, and out of the league in in five years. Yeah. So yeah, Jets are on the comment though. Who and... do you think? wins the north the afc north because that's oh, I, I would say outside of the west that's probably the the toughest deepest division it's got to be between well shit i was gonna say it's got to be between baltimore because in the east you're probably looking at a two-team race pats and, and bills probably bills though and most likely bills in the south you're looking at a two-team race with indy and and uh tennessee tennessee and then obviously the west and the and the north are just loaded. Yeah, uh, north has got to be between. I want to say it's between Baltimore and Cincinnati, but Brown's got Deshaun Watson. Who knows what that's what he's going to look like in that uniform? We also don't know how many games he's going to miss. Yes, true. So that's why it's that one's a toss up. But I'm I'm probably going to go with Baltimore. Honestly, they were just so decimated with injuries last year. I would probably agree with you. Just for the, I, I will agree with you. Just for the sole purpose of like we just mentioned, like I, I'm gonna assume Deshaun misses, uh, probably, probably at the at the minimum like four, but probably should be six. Yeah. So, you know, if they get off to like a, a two and four start, or you know, just off to a shitty start, you know, like, yeah, I think the Ravens have the chance to be the most complete from start to finish, just based on the current circumstances. Yeah, if they can stay healthy, that's a dangerous roster. Okay, cool. All right, I want to I want to go back over to uh, something else because you already have it pulled up. So after the draft, and a- I mean after the the dust settled from the draft, because it seemed like for a good day or two there, you know, obviously you have a day to like just overreact, and then you have a day to like, you know, <laughs> dive back into all the picks and be like, wait, how did we actually do? You know, because a lot of a lot of the grading and, and hype you know, when the draft is over is just, oh, we killed it, you know, we, we crushed it, we knocked it knocked it out of the park. But, you know, sometimes you zoom out a little bit and you're like, oh, these are still areas of, you know, or, or positions that we, we lack depth or, or we need more more depth in. So Daniel Popper tweeted out a super early depth chart and you have it you have it in front of you. So I wanted to kind of go over that and kind of get your takes on that. And you know we can kind of go down go down the list, but starting at quarterback, I mean that should be a pretty easy one. You want to start us off there? Yeah. So I I would really be surprised if Easton Stick was not our starter going into this year. <laughs> Easton Stick, baby. Easton Stick, Creighton grad, uh, Omaha school, Creighton prep, Creighton prep. Uh, so, but anyway, quarterback Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel, Easton Stick, and then we drafted Brendan well, Peters. Real quick, do you do you think we carry three quarterbacks? I think that's the I think. No one's debating the the depth, like the actual depth chart of quarterback. I think the, the biggest question there is, do they actually carry three? I would be surprised if they did. Because they did last year. They did last year. So I would be kind of surprised if they did. Well, no, I wouldn't be overly surprised if they did. What am I saying? But if they were to only carry two, do you think it's Daniel or Stick? It's definitely Daniel. They didn't. The contract guy. Yeah. Well, they, they weren't. You don't pay a guy that much to just like be on the fucking practice squad yeah 100 percent. and he's definitely a good veteran that's shows, a, shows herbie some tips so. he's a yeah at this point he's an extra quarterback coach like legit yeah that's what he is and then obviously he's also the backup quarterback in a emergency 
Yeah. But no, I think yeah, I think I think they carry three, but I I don't think it's necessary though. I I I don't think they need to carry three. Yeah. yeah. I think they end up doing it, but I don't think they should. Yeah, I agree. Just because that's you know that's a roster spot somewhere else down the line, and again you know as much and we're sitting here talking about depth, you know that that could be a, an extra depth spot somewhere along the line, and you know I think about it how how often do teams actually get down to their third string quarterback on Sunday? I mean it happens. It it's does. not like it hasn't happened before, but you know I just yeah I, I Keenan Allen's the emergency emergency QB. I, I think I'd rather see him than Easton Stick in there, to be honest with you. Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, Easton. But we'd love to have you on the pod, but yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have you on. We just don't think you're that good. You're a but, starter. Yeah. But um Yeah, we appreciate the fact that you're from Nebraska. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So quarterbacks, yeah, I think that I also think that they carry three. I don't think it's necessary, but I think they carry three. So moving on to the running backs, we have Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree. One of these dudes is bound to get cut. So which one do you think it is? Most most definitely either Kelly or Roundtree. Yeah, it, I mean, I, personally, I would cut Kelly. I mean, yeah. He's been here the longest. I think we touched on that last. Yeah, episode. yeah, we did. You know, he's not a he's not a Staley guy. So yeah, I think he's the prime cut candidate there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so really, no surprises there. Hopefully, Spiller can be a great RB two for us going into this year. Moving on to receivers, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter, uh, Jason Moore, Maurice French, Michael Bandy, and Joe Reed are our receivers. So Yeah, so the the starting three is going to be, you know, Keenan, Mike, and Josh Palmer. Palmer. And then Guyton. And DeAndre Carter should definitely get some. Yeah, definitely get in there as well. They'll be the depth pieces. And then yeah, Jason Moore. God, it feels like Jason Moore's been on this team for years. I don't know why it feels like that, but got some playing time last year. Yeah, in the Texans game. Yeah, maybe a few other games. I, I just yeah Texans game. I, we had all those dudes up with COVID. Yeah, I I remember seeing him catch a few passes in that game. Yeah, and then Maurice French, Michael Bandy, Joe Reed. At couldn't tell you much about them. Yeah, those are all to be determined in camp. So probably will end up being some practice squad guys. But all right, moving on. Tight end, really no surprises there. On receiver, starter should be Jailed Everett. We moved on from Jared Cook from last year, and then we got Chicken Parm, Donald Parm, Trey McKitty, and then some dude name I've never even heard before, Hunter Camp Moyer. So yeah, he was on the he was on the practice squad, or was he? Yeah, he he was definitely yeah. I did not recognize that name at last all. Year. But I don't think he might have played in like some pre preseason games or something. But what do you think of Trey McKitty? Um, I think he's. I don't really know what their plans are for him. I mean, I know he's only going going into year two, but I know it, he's not. Doesn't sound like he's uh like a catch first. Tight end sounds like more of a blocking tight end. So. Yeah, sounds like more of a blocking piece. I like him. He, uh, it was definitely encouraging to see him get more, uh, playing time and more snaps later on in the season because I don't even think he played a snap for like the first six or seven weeks. Yeah, because that that was a you know after a couple weeks that was kind of a question that kept popping up on Twitter and you know I saw it in like Popper's mailbag was like what's going on with McKitty like are they gonna use him at all this year? I mean he. 
he was out on the field every once in a while. But. Well, yeah, and then, you know, I say all that because, you know, like the back half of the season, it seemed like he definitely had more of a role. You know, he was getting more. Well, more the par he was seeing injury, the field more. Yeah. Parham injury probably played into that as well. So so I'd, I'd like to think he took a little bit of a step forward in his first year, which is good. And I don't really know what his role is going to be. Maybe, I mean, maybe the new Steven Anderson, perhaps? Could be. Yeah, I could see him maybe trying to spend some time at that, you know, hybrid tight end fullback position, maybe trying to, like, mold him into that role. Um, but I just, I mean, he'll be a, he'll be a good uh, guy to throw in on third and short. Yeah. Obvious, you know, a running uh, situation. But... Yeah, obviously, I mean, it's it's Parham and, and Everett. I mean, those are going to be the two tight ends that we're going to talk about for the majority of the year. Yeah, for sure. I I really like Parham personally. I think he shows he shows a lot of flashes. So. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Gerald Everett. He, uh, everyone was really excited when we made that signing because he's, you know, seems like he's more of a yard after catch guy. Yeah, and has a little bit of that like nastiness to him where he's like he wants to break a few tackles and and just to be physical and get those extra yards. So for sure, that'll be refreshing to see. And uh, also looking for uh, Donald Parham to take another step forward because before he got hurt last year, like I was really liking what I was seeing. Like he was, he's just a big body, big body, great hands. Herbie likes him. So yeah, really, really like him. So, all right, moving on. All right. Fullbacks. This was kind of a discrepancy that we were talking about when we were talking about our new draft pick, seventh round draft pick. Xander Horvath out of Purdue. Gabe Neighbors is still on the team. Yeah, so... Kind of forgot about him. I didn't realize. I think we might have talked about it in our last episode, and you might have asked me, like, is he gone? And I'm like, yeah, I think he is. I didn't realize he was still... I didn't, he, I didn't know either. I think he's going into year four? No, three. Yeah, he was drafted with Herbert. Yeah, he came in with Justin. Yeah. The brisket bros so, are back for another year. He's not going anywhere then. Yeah. Not for now, anyway. I but. mean, that means he has, what, this year and then next year, and then he'll probably be gone? Yeah. Unless, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily a bad talent, but... He just didn't, like... He doesn't really do much. He was inactive the last, like, that is true. half of the season. Like, he didn't, like... that. That's where I, like... I think he could get cut. Like, he's a prime, like... He could be that guy that, you know, his job just gets taken from him in, in camp. Yeah. Because... Horvath. Horvath's I don't know what. Like, I mean, I know he's like, he's not costing us a lot because he's was he even drafted or is he undrafted? I think he was undrafted. So he's undrafted. Not like he, you know, on a rookie deal. Not that's not the issue. But you know, they're just not going to keep him if they have, you know, two guys in front of him. No matter how cheap you are, you know, they just it's they not just, necessary. For they a, just don't have a spot for, for you. a position like that. Yeah, so. they just they don't have a spot for you, and you're probably going to get you know push back down to the the practice squad yeah so yeah well that's definitely a a battle to keep an eye on yep so moving on to the offensive line our left tackle right tackle left tackle should be Rashawn Slater the all pro as a rookie no surprise there right tackle unfortunately as of now is probably still going to be Storm Norton and then we have Trey Pipkins and Foster Sarrell as our backups so I don't know anything about this Foster Sarrell guy. Yeah. Um, so please do not get meaningful snaps out of that guy. I don't know. I, from what I saw on Twitter, I mean, he, uh, I, I can't remember his draft value, uh, specifically, but it, it was we definitely got him. Like, you know, he should have been taken by the time we picked him. Is what, 
basically I was re- you know reading on Twitter and then on Sa- top of that when did Sarrell get drafted in like the sixth you're talking about the no that's Sawyer oh who are you talking about Foster Sarrell F O S T E R S A R E L L know nothing about him oh my bad I thought you were talking about no Sawyer. no Sawyer's uh, still listed as a guard so. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So this Foster Serrell guy, yeah, we don't know anything about him. Um, he's not a rookie though. No, I don't believe so. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, I was confused for a sec. Um, he signed a futures contract in January, according to the pop. So. Oh, okay. I think I actually remember. I don't remember anything about this guy or seeing something about that, but okay, interesting. Yeah. So any really surprises there at right tackle, left tackle? I'm thinking that we might still go out and sign a vet at some point, hopefully. So I've been seeing a lot of stuff. I'm convinced, like, this, this is just my personal opinion, and I'm, this is a hill I'm going to die on. I don't I don't think Matt Filer is getting kicked out to right tackle. Just don't see it. It's, it's not going to happen. I'm, like, I'm, I'm already over that in my mind. So that means he has to stay at left guard. That means Zion's going to be at right guard. So we're pretty much, and after thinking about it, you know, a, a little bit harder they might just roll into camp with Pipkins and Norton at right tackle and say, "Hey guys, duke it out." You know, they might they might go sign like one more tackle, but not a for sure starter. Yeah. Just another guy to add to the fold. You know, where it's like, okay, now we have you know a, a three man battle instead of a two man position battle. Like, I don't like they they I don't even know what they do, but yeah, like a part of me was starting to think, man, if if you know, left tackle, left guard, center, and right guard are solid and locked down, and you have solid interior offensive line depth, meaning if a center or a guard goes down, you're still in really good shape. It's really just, like, right tackle that is the one weak link. Yeah. And they might be able, like, as athletic as Justin Herbert is, they might just be able to get away with that. Like, and I say that, and, like, yeah, it, it might be, like, obvious at times, even throughout the season, like, oh, my God, we need a fucking right tackle. Like, please. And, you know, that's kind of been the theme the last couple of years, but the rest of the line just might be good enough to kind of neglect the tackle spot a little bit. I I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but... It's definitely a place of concern, but just how concerned do we need to be is the real question. Because I kind of agree with you. But personally, I think it's only a matter of time until Jamari Salyer takes over that position. Yeah, I. if you listen to the last episode, you know he's my dark horse. He started 11 out of 12. He's listed as a guard, but he started 11 out of 12 games his senior year on that Georgia Bulldog National Championship team at tackle. So Yeah, and he is uh, – have you seen the videos of him and Aiden Hutchinson oh, yeah. in high school? Yeah. Those oh, I haven't great. seen the high school ones. Yeah. I've just seen the ones from the playoff. But okay, so they, their their rivalry goes back to like high school when they were at some like all American camp, huh. um, or whether it was like Under Armour All American or like Adidas. Where they were at some like you know yeah. high school like you know national camp, and you know they're doing like one on one drills, no pads, and uh, yeah. If you haven't seen the footage, go check it out on Twitter. I don't know, I don't know who posted it, but. Yeah, it's really cool because he like he totally just owns Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, he seems like he could be a beast. So, so love, love that pick. Yeah, like maybe possibly one of those like linemen that you know linemen steals that you get in the fourth, fifth, sixth round that just ends up being a you know future Pro Bowl All Pro guy. 
because wasn't I want to say like even a guy like Matt Filer was like third or fourth round. Definitely not a. T- he definitely was not a first two round. So pick, so. Who knows? But yeah, um, as far as the line goes, I'll, I'll wait and kind of see how like you know the summer goes and and wait till we get into camp a little bit. But the only real the only real prediction I'm going to make right now is that Matt Filer is not moving over to tackle. So I know that's been talked about a lot, and I just don't see it happening. I'm not. You, you can't sell me on that. Yeah, I agree with you. I guess we'll see what happens. But our other guard depth right now is Brennan Hymas, Go Big Red, uh, Will Clap, Your Girl's Cheeks, and Ryan Hunter. So don't know anything <laughs> about this Hunter guy, but the other the other two, I think that they'll they'll be pretty good death pieces. So yeah, we'll just kind of have to find out. Cross your fingers, because we all know Teleska's track record and you know basically what it looks like when he's picking you know project offense lineman so we'll see but uh moving on what uh what we got now d-line uh well center Corey lindsley so yeah that's a given yeah. but moving on to the d-line here interior d-lineman sebastian joseph day austin johnson and number 99 and then um for our death pieces we have christian covington 007, Otito Agbania. I think I got it right that time. That but, sounded good. Yeah. Um, Agbania. Fioco. It's definitely Agbania. Yeah, it's definitely Agbania. That's yeah, exactly We nailed it. We got it down. Yeah. Uh, Fajoko, uh, Joe Gaziano, Andrew Brown, and Forrest Merrill should be. So a lot more depth than it would have been should we be looking at this depth chart a year ago. Just for time's sake, I, I think the only position we really need to talk about is edge. All right, let's talk. Let's move to edge. So. Um, because I think the interior is pretty solid when it comes to depth, and it's just edge mainly that people are are still kind of worried about. Yeah, we almost started a Twitter war earlier today over whether <laughs> we have enough edge pieces or not. So some people are delusional, but no, I mean it's definitely a good. It's a good. It poses a good question, a good like dilemma. Is like you know, hey, are we set? On edge because doesn't look like it. If a guy goes down and and this is the, the Chargers that we're talking about here, like we're, we're probably fucked. But if a guy doesn't go down, then we're all right. Yeah. So starters at the edge, no to no surprise, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and we got Chris Rumpf, the second year guy out of Duke, uh, Jamal Davis. Don't know a ton about him, and Emek Eggbull. I remember he was like a six round pick out of Houston, I believe. What are the chances that Melvin Ingram could somehow finally or somehow find his way back in L.A. on a cheap? Uh, I don't want to say hometown deal because he's not from L.A., but you know he he spent the first eight nine years of his career there. What are the chances you think he takes like a cheap, uh, you know, friendly team deal to come pair up with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? You would think that he would want to, but it just depends how cheap. So he seems like a guy that kind of would want more money than he really might be worth. So well, the other thing is too, like, and I, I, I don't know how, th- like, how things were left when he left. Like, you know, I don't know, like, did they leave on good terms, I, or you know, like, on, you know, I don't know how like good of terms you can leave on, but like, you know, is it like a Casey Hayward situation or Casey Hayward Melvin Gordon? Like, we're starting to see like a, a trend here, and I don't know if I like the trend that I'm seeing, and like, there's really like it's out of our control but it seems like players that leave have shitty things to say about like either ownership of the chargers or management which is just interesting because like 
it's not always the case where a guy has to leave a team and then like the rest of the team just like trashes that dude or, or that dude like is on Twitter like bashing that organization. Like to me, it's just a weird little I don't know pattern that yeah. I've kind of noticed. So I don't know if Melvin Ingram like if that has anything to do with that. You know, it, what where does he kind of stand? You know, on, like that that plays into it a lot. I would assume. Yeah, definitely. But it's definitely weird. It's got to be something with the process of staying or going because everyone on the team seems happy when they're on the team. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying too. Is, you know, like everyone loves this organization while they're a part of this organization. But it seems like I don't know if the Chargers like do them dirty once they, or vice versa. I don't know. Maybe they just love it so much they don't want to leave. So then they're upset when they have to leave. That could be too. I, I I know some of that had to do with like Casey Hayward and him being salty, but uh, yeah, I mean it's a business at the end of the day, and you know that's just how it is. But yeah, I just had a crazy thought. Maybe Melvin Ingram back in a Chargers uniform would be that would be like that like the storyline. Yeah, that could be cool. All right, let me just spitball the rest of the defense here. Linebackers, we got Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray. Those should be our starters. Troy Reader, Nick Neiman, Amen, Ogbog, Bimiga. Ogbogaminga? I've never been good with that name. Ogbogaminga. Uh, Damon Lloyd and Cole Christensen. So, not really any. Linebackers we don't really care about. It's not like we use them very much anyway. Yeah, because, like, all we really need to talk about is, like, Murray and Tranquil. And I don't even want to talk about this guy. So, let's, yeah, so. let's go on to the next one. Um, safeties, uh, DJ, Nasir Adderley. And then rookie JT Woods, Mark Webb, Aloe Gilman, and Ben DeLuca. Don't know much about Ben DeLuca, but. So outside of edge, I would say uh, corner would be the the one position, the other big position of need still as far as depth goes. Um, yeah, I think it, it all depends too on how the summer goes and how training camp goes because we don't really know about, I mean, Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard, they'll have a chance to compete for that cb4 position with tavon campbell i right now it, it seems like the consensus is they're not good enough to beat out tavon campbell at cb4 but i don't know we'll see i, I think that's going to be an interesting camp battle to watch um i don't think i'm convinced that staley wouldn't have spent the draft capital they used on those picks just for them to sit on the bench yeah be special teamers or just you know sit around on the, on the practice squad so i don't know I, I have i guess i had more hope and expectations for those two guys specifically just here taylor and dean leonard just because of like you know why they were drafted they were drafted to be depth pieces and they're they have to be depth pieces because that's a crucial part of the defense so yeah I, i'm a little nervous but also excited to see how that pans out yeah uh other cornerbacks obviously jc jackson sante samuel are gonna be our two starters Trayvon Campbell, like you mentioned, Michael Davis, Keemon Hall, Jasir Taylor, and Dean Leonard. So, you think uh, Asante goes inside, and then they have uh, JC and, and Michael on the outside? I don't know. My thought is maybe we bring in James Bradbury. Oh, because yeah, report, reports are saying that he might get cut from the Giants, and he was definitely a trade target for quite a few teams. I think the Chargers one of the teams that were interested in him earlier in the season. So. I wouldn't yeah. hate that pickup, depending on what price. But yeah, except the second that he's released, it's going to be a, a a frenzy, and I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be cheap. 
No, I don't think so either, unfortunately. But who knows? It could be an option to look into. So, Yeah, so, yeah, that's always something to keep an eye on. Okay, are we done with the uh, depth chart? That's the defense. Do you want to go over special teamers real quick? No. Okay. Um, so. Let's let's finish it up with uh, a few fan questions um, that we grabbed from Twitter. So, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna shout these guys out. So, thank you for entering your questions. If you did, and uh, there are some good ones. So, the first one we have here from at m winston one two. So, he he's asking. Uh, does this defense, or with the current state of our roster that we have, is it a top five to t- to ten defense, uh, on paper? Yes, hundred percent. You I, think so? Yeah. You don't think so? Top ten for sure. No, I don't think it's top ten defense. You don't think it's top ten defense? Wow. No. Wow. Here's why I say that. Wow. Because they finished the year at. Wow. I think. 25 26 but with the you got to take the offseason okay, yeah, acquisitions obviously, into yeah, account you, and you have to take that into account but here's here's like all right so where did they get better on defense this year this offseason corner obviously anytime corner. you add JC Jackson like that is edge. Gonna, and edge right but as I, as i just mentioned those are still still two of the biggest needs on defense depth wise though depth wise and we have to see how they we have to see how they do in the first two to three weeks of just stopping the run. Because my my theory is, I don't know if I've said this on the mic yet, but my my thing this offseason is they just have to get they just have to find a way to get to a middle of the pack defense and they'll they can go on a on a, a Super Bowl run. Yeah. They're if, definitely middle of the pack. Like if they can get to like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen and be top ten in like let's say takeaways, like that I mean that will probably win them that that turns them from nine and seven a year ago into probably a 13 win team yeah just by being in the middle of the pack defense no so i guess if you're at like the question is are they a top five to ten defense no i they could be but like as of may 3rd on paper i i'd say no this is not a top 10 defense i completely disagree with you do you i I think on paper i think on paper they're a top five defense I mean, you just can't ignore the signings of we got biggest weakness going into last year was our run stopping ability. We made two huge signings for that. And then corner, we signed the best corner available to a pretty good contract also. And then we traded for Khalil Mack. I mean, he's Khalil Mack. He's a beast. Who's going to stop Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Well, I'm saying I'm saying should everyone remain healthy. This is a top five defense. Plus, you got a guy like Derwin James, a chess piece like that. He might be the most valuable player on that. He is the most valuable player on that defense for sure. Okay, so the two, all right, the two biggest reasons why I, I'm gonna I disagree with you is just because of like depth and the secondary and and on the line, which I know you're like, what the hell? Like we made all these moves at defensive line this offseason. Like, yeah, they did, and it's really not. I shouldn't. I mean, it's really just edge. It's not. The interior of the defensive line, I think, is probably one of the strongest parts of this team. So it's really just edge, but yeah, edge and edge in the secondary. I mean, we know we we here's one thing we know: we know they they want to run f- more five man fronts, which means there's only going to be one linebacker on the field. Given the current state of the roster, that one linebacker is probably going to be Drew Tranquil, s- split with Kenneth Murray. They're probably going to share time in certain different situations, and then 
you have to factor in, you know, are the defensive backs we drafted, are they going to amount to, are they going to contribute this year? Yeah. You know, like, we're we're talking here again, and it's May, and we're already talking about Tavon Campbell being the fourth cornerback on this team, and that just fucking scares me. Like, I don't like the fact that they, I don't know. And, again, we have to see how the summer plays out, but, like, I'm really just kind of nervous that these two defensive backs they drafted in the sixth and seventh just won't amount to shit or won't be the players they thought. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, depth is just the main reason why I'm going to say, yeah, the team on paper, it's it's got the, the star power. It's okay, top Okay, on paper, are they top ten? Mm. You got to put them top ten. They've got too much star talent on that squad. I would say the highest I could give them right now on paper would be like just outside the top 10. Hmm. Like 11, 12, 13. Again, like just a little bit better than middle of the pack, which is where I expect them to be. All that we need is middle of the pack, though, probably. No, when, that's when all. you got I, a superstar like Justin dude, Herbert. When you think about how much success we had last year with the 26, as, and as bad as our third down defense was, we couldn't get off the field. They just they couldn't get off the field. Like yeah. third and eighteen, third and twenty. I mean, it was it was really tough to watch. But yeah, I well, that's good. We'll have to agree to disagree because no, I just we, we I agree on it. most things, so it's it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, next, next question. question. Good Whoa. question at m winston one two. That's a really good question. Uh, next question comes from uh, a new podcast, foot footballitical. Footballitical. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Shout out Lucas. Shout out to our friend Lucas, um, new podcast that he just started. So I believe they talk about like they've they've only got one episode out. It was just a draft. Okay. Or it was their mock draft. So okay. So yeah, if you guys uh you know want some more uh football content, you know you can always go uh, listen to their podcast, Football Political. Um, but they asked the question, what what are our stat line predictions for uh, Isaiah Spiller and Justin Herbert this year? So I'll have you start. And I'll have you start. We'll start with Herbert because we have like previous stats to go off of. Yeah. So last year, he threw for over five thousand yards. I think he was second in the league behind. I think it was Tom Brady was one, but five thousand fourteen yards, thirty eight touchdowns, fifteen picks, um, sixty five point six QBR, and sixty five point nine completion percentage. So, you see that going up or going down? As in all those stats. Okay. Well, I'll go one by one. So okay, yeah. I think he. I'm going to say he, go, he stays under 5K for yards this year. Okay. I don't think that's like a, I mean, that's not a direct result of like, oh, dude, he's not on a decline. No, I just think. Hopefully we'll be able to run the ball better. Yeah, I think we, you know, our offense is going to be a little bit more. Dynamic. Dynamic, uh, a little bit more, you know, spread out. So still think he's just as productive. Just I think the yards go down a little bit. So I'll go under the 5K. Touchdowns, you said 38. Yeah. I'm gonna go more. I think I think he finally is the first Charger quarterback to break the forty I think barrier. So I think he probably should have this last year. Just had a few, you know, balls that didn't go our way, but that's okay. Thirty eight still I mean that's rid- That's still really good. Ridiculous production. I mean yeah. I I'll say higher. He's gonna break forty. I think so too. And next one, uh how about interceptions? Had- Fifteen picks last year. Okay, so this is actually one that I kind of want to talk about for a sec. Because he had 10 his, his rookie year. He had 15 this last year. But he had probably, I'd want to say, five to six of his 15 this year that were, like, tipped. 
not really his fault. I mean, Jared Cook. Either Jared Cook totally was just turning, being an idiot, or yeah, either Jared Cook just totally turning the wrong direction, or you know Austin Eckler just you know having a pass bounce off his hands. And yeah, like well, I was at that game in Denver, and yeah, that was just like a throw your hands up moment. Like what what's going on? So some lucky picks for the defense. So I'm gonna say I still think he's gonna be above ten because I think from watching him for two seasons now he does like he does like to like he's not a huge risk taker but he does every he'll air it out every once in a while yeah probably so. one there's probably one throw a game i would say probably well, a game because some of those windows that he can fit the ball in are just so insane that he's not gonna make every single one well and when you have that arm power like how could you not have the, the exactly. confidence like oh yeah i can make that throw exactly <laughs> like, so that, yeah so but i would say there's probably one throw a game where it doesn't always result in an interception but it's like ooh, you know yeah <laughs> um you just you're relieved when you see it hit the turf so um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say he chops it down to 11 yeah i don't i don't hate that prediction yeah for herbert probably the most i've ever expected out of well i'm expecting more out of him this year than i was last year i mean we've got a few more pieces on that offensive line for him to work with I wouldn't be surprised if he was an MVP candidate going into the year. I think that he, I think that he has every single capability to hit forty-five touchdowns this year. Um, again, hopefully we're more dynamic. So if we are under five k, if his passing yards under five k, that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. And I agree. I think it'll be right around ten picks this year. Hopefully, we'll just get some bounces that go our way a little bit more this year. So, yep. And then for Isaiah Spiller, I, I mean. We don't have anything to go off of as far as, you know, he's a rookie and, you know, this is going to be his first season. But I think a successful year for him would be a 60-40 split split with him and Eckler. Eckler obviously being the 60, him being the 40. You know, Eckler goes for 700, 750 yards. All purpose, though, for Eckler. Well, no, I'm just talking rushing. Okay. He goes yeah. for six, seven hundred yards, and then you have Spiller go for four or five hundred. Yeah, I I was about to say four hundred something for Spiller. That's so five hundred would be like a, I think that would be a really good year because you're you're sharing you're sharing the workload, and then I think I think he has, you know, upwards of five touchdowns. Yeah, I was gonna say sprinkling four or five touchdowns for him, and this is definitely a pass first offense too. So yeah, so he'll catch a couple, they'll. I'm really excited just to see how they use him. I know, like, I mean, yeah, alongside Eckler, that's going to be really fun to see. I feel like he's going to kind of take over a, like, Tony Pollard role in that Dallas Cowboys offense. I can kind of see, like, an Eckler, or not Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard be Eckler and Spiller, so. Yeah. Apparently, the Chargers had a second-round grade on him. Yeah, so. I saw that. I'm like, wow, that's that's good to know. Yeah, for sure. Definitely RB2 was something they were looking forward to, looking for in this draft, so. We're both kind of in the same consensus. We think about four or five hundred yards for Spiller, handful of touchdowns, give or take a few, and just a nice compliment. I mean, they don't. I'm assuming they probably don't want to put too much on his plate year one. Yeah, but probably not. But he, he'll definitely be a good piece for us. Oh, for sure, for a rookie. So. Yeah, so solid. Okay, last question here before we get out of here uh, comes from our buddy Will at Luigi three six nine two on Twitter. He wants to know how does DeAndre Hopkins suspension update our predicted outcome of that game? Because we did do a really quick run through of a really early 
you know, win loss just based off the home and away opponents. And now that we know DeAndre Hopkins, that news just broke. What was it yesterday, two days ago? Yeah, he's going to be missing. Was it six games? Six. So if if we're playing him within those first six weeks, how would that change so, how we feel on that game? Well, obviously they won't have him. I I'm already on record, and obviously we'll update our predictions as the schedule comes out. And it's only May. Take it with a grain of salt. We'll have a couple more rounds of predictions that come out before, and then we'll have our final before the the season starts. But um, I mean, obviously, like I, I'm already on record saying I think we're going to win that game. So I losing him doesn't really do much for you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm on record saying that we're going to lose that game. And this is a pretty interesting argument, but I don't I don't really think it changes that much personally. I mean, like just like what I said before, I think that we lose that game just because we struggle with we've struggled so much with. Uh, two-dimensional QBs in the past. I think Kyler's just going to be able to make some plays. So I don't think, again, this is May. Take it with a grain of salt. But, yeah, that would be a game that wouldn't surprise me if we still dropped. So Okay, so you think even without him, there's still a chance that Kyler just fucking... Yeah, I think, he can, blender. I think he can run all over us personally. But we'll see. This is an updated defense. We'll see if hey, they can develop some packages. According to you, it's a top 10 defense, so they should be able to contain him. Uh, top five, actually, <laughs> so... No man, I think, uh, yeah, I, it just you don't know what what Kyler you're gonna get. That's why I, that is true. Like first first half of the season, Kyler. Second half of the season, Kyler. That's kind of been uh, his knock on him early in his career. Is he's he's two different guys, you know. First half, second half, for sure. So, okay, well, I don't th- I don't have anything else unless you want to add anything. No, I got I got nothing. Thank you guys for listening. So. Yep, thanks for listening to episode number six of Chargers Powder Hour, and as always, bolt up.